Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. When investment performance matters, make sure your savings are with Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. Hugh, thank you very much for that. Now, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has ordered troops to prepare to enter the overcrowded Gazan city of Rafah, excuse me, even as a new round of talks aimed at securing a truce with Hamas was set to open today in Cairo. Concerns are mounting, meanwhile, for the hundreds of thousands of Palestinians who have sought refuge in Rafah along the Egyptian border, with UN Chief Antonio Guterres warning a military push into the city would exponentially increase what is already a humanitarian nightmare. Well, to discuss Israel's actions, we're joined now by spokesperson for the Israeli Defence Forces, Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner. And Peter, you're welcome to the programme. Um, just today, our Thonishta and Minister for Foreign Affairs, Michal Martin, has said that he is in no doubt that the continued bombardment on Rafa will constitute a war crime and gravely violates international humanitarian law. What is your response? Well, the IDF is uh, engaged in dismantling and destroying Hamas as a governing authority uh, and operating in order to bring back the hostages. Uh, This morning, in the early hours of this morning, we were very successful in rescuing two hostages that Hamas were holding. Guess where? In Rafah. So if somebody is suggesting we do not try and bring back the hostages, then that's an expectation that we are, unfortunately, cannot allow or permit ourselves. Uh, The reality is on the ground that, that, that Hamas have, on the 7th of October, Uh, decided to launch a war against Israel, um, and they decided to kill, butcher, murder, massacre, rape uh, over 1,200 people and abduct 240 other people. Mm -hmm. There are 134 uh, Israelis still being held in the clutches of Hamas. We expect that many of them are in Rafah. And if we've learned anything from the operation, the successful operation this morning of the release, the rescue, with special forces in uh, in Rafah that approached covertly and uh, into the residential building where they were being held on the second story of this building, breaching and penetrating the enemy and surprising the Hamas terrorists that were holding the hostages, um, then there is a need to operate. Mm. On the other hand, we're, we, we continue to strive to create the conditions for a release, a, hosp- a hostage release, through diplomatic means. Unfortunately, that has not been realized. And we all know um, that Hamas will not release them if there is no pressure on them. Um, The Toyota Minister for Foreign Affairs, Michal Martin, did not say that that Israel shouldn't try and uh, secure the release of hostages. He said that the continued bombardment on Rafah will constitute a war crime because to to bomb and mount a military operation in such a confined area with so many people is absolutely inhumane and unacceptable, he said. Do you accept that? No, the IDF is targeting Hamas wherever they are hiding, wherever they are operating. They've done it from United Nations facilities. They've concealed themselves in mosques. They've operated from in, around and beneath hospitals. They have no regard for human life, Israeli or Palestinians. We can't wish them uh, away. Can I ask you, Peter Lerner, as as part of that operation last night, as you say, there was this covert operation where you approached the the place where the two hostages were being held. But there was also bombing in Rafah, which killed 67 people. Um, Footage from Rafah's Kuwaiti hospital shows wounded children being carried in after that bombing, including a dead baby. The man carrying the baby said she'd been born and killed during this war. Was she a legitimate target? Uh, We are conducting our operations against Hamas. This is a war forced upon us in the strategic uh, um, decision Hamas made 
on the 7th of October. So who were you aiming at with those bombs that killed people sleeping in their tents? They have built their infrastructure, weaponizing the civilian arena to try and create more death and destruction. We are going out of our way to limit the civilian strife. Indeed, it is a huge feat. I would say that no military has faced the challenge that we are facing today um, in modern war t- warfare. Yeah. Who are you um, targeting? Indeed, there is a tragedy. Can tragedy. I ask you, who, who were you targeting with the bombs last night? Because the reports that I've read is that those bombs were used as cover. Who were you targeting with the bombs that killed 67 people, many of whom were sleeping no, in their tents? The IDF was conducting strikes against Hamas targets, um, uh, whether it's operations capabilities, whether it's um, in the in the evacuation or the extraction of the hostages. Mm. As we were coming out, we came under heavy fire. Guess where from? From the civilian buildings on the evacuation route. So this is where Hamas is operating from. This is where, and I, I would say it's really important to understand, this is the, the battleground Hamas has chosen. This is where they're holding the hostages. When we went in this morning, we would have much rather preferred a reality where they just release the hostages back to Israel. Mm. Uh, we would not need to operate. We put our forces at risk. And of course, when mobilizing, there is a cause and a a, a mm. severe threat that civilians get caught up in this. Oh, it's this not a threat. It's, it's, it's a guarantee war. when you've pe- that many people in one area. It's, it's a guarantee, isn't it? Um, how many hostages have the IDF managed to free since October 7th? So are, I, you I mean, I mean directly. Not try and, are you suggesting that we do not release uh, try and release the hostages? No, I, I'm just asking how many uh, in your campaign, in, in your military campaign in entering Gaza, how many this hostages second, have you been this successful? This is the second time this is the second time we've had a successful extraction, release, and uh, rescue operation. Uh, indeed, this is the operation, though, has created the terms and conditions for the release of 110 hostages that were being held. But in terms of the diplomacy. military campaign, is the question: How many hostages have you been successful in freeing? The mili- the, you think, in, at the end of November, that Hamas just released the hostages out of the good of their heart? No, it was because of the imp- impending military pressure put on them on their leadership, on their operational capabilities. Um, The operations, when we held our operations to um, realize the deal, we actually put our forces at risk and even gained Hamas the ability to regroup to a certain extent. So indeed, the reality on the ground is one where Hamas chooses specifically where to fight from, chooses how to attack us, chooses where to attack us from, and jeopardizes everybody in the vicinity. So hostages goes hand in hand with the military objective of dismantling and destroying Hamas as a governing authority. Okay, I think the answer is three in terms of the amount of hostages you've actually freed on, on in direct military activities. I said this morning two, and we had another operation where we yes. rescued Ori Megidish, a soldier. Okay. Yes. I want to ask you specifically about um, an Amnesty International report that was just released today. It says it shows fresh evidence of deadly unlawful attacks in the uh, occupied uh, Gaza Strip, uh, which it says demonstrates how Israeli forces are continuing to flout international humanitarian law. They carried out an investigation into four Israeli strikes, three in December 2023 and uh, one in January 2024 that killed 95 civilians, 42 children, uh, some of which happened in Rafa at a time when it was supposedly the safest area in the Strip. Um, I don't know, are you aware of this this report from Amnesty International? No, I have not seen it today. Um, The the reality is, uh, of course, a battleground dictated by Hamas 
Uh, we are operating to try and limit the civilian casualties where they are trying to exasperate them exponentially. Mm. Um, well, Amnesty went on the ground and they interviewed some of the civilians that survived. They said that in the four attacks, the organisation didn't find any indication the residential buildings hit could be considered military objectives or that the people in the buildings were military targets. They said entire families were wiped out in those attacks even after they sought refuge in the areas that they'd been told to go and told were safe. And among those killed in those t- attacks were a baby girl who hadn't yet ter- turned three weeks, a prominent retired physician, 69 years old, a journalist who had welcomed displaced families into his house and a mother sharing a bed with her 23-year-old daughter. Is there any justification so, uh, in obvious, any instance for that? Obviously, I can't comment on those specifics that you've raised. I've not seen the report and I've not had the chance to look into them. Does it Every single you? life lost, every loss of life in this war is a deep tragedy for the families influenced immediately for the communities and and nationally um, they are tragedies for the palestinian people Mm. Uh, israel did not choose this war the reality is one where we are forced to fight uh, or surrender are you suggesting we surrender that is not an option of course not i'm not suggesting um, anything of the sort Uh, can i ask you uh, about another incident that was mentioned well shooting that was mentioned to us by a palestinian woman living in ireland just a little earlier on the show her father-in-law is uh, in northern gaza he's 80 years old he left his house to try and find food for the family and he was shot six times and killed can you understand how that could happen no i can't and I would very, very be very cautious at accepting these um, uh, first-hand, distant. Uh, it's her father-in-law, um, but she's not there. She doesn't know, and she's she's being told. Perhaps it was a Hamas fighter hiding behind her father-in-law, conducting an attack against the soldiers. I don't know, and, and we need to be very, very cautious with the, with this information. Can you uh, explain to me how it could happen that Hind, who's a six-year-old girl fleeing Gaza City with her aunt and uncle and three cousins? 13 days ago now, in a car, came under fire from the IDF. Her family were killed. She called the Palestinian Red Crescent Society, pleading for someone to come and get her. The PRCS said it coordinated directly with the Israeli army to allow an ambulance to go and get Hind, the six-year-old girl, who was stuck in the car under fire from the IDF. But when the ambulance arrived, it was bombed by the IDF. The two paramedics were killed and Hind was also killed. There was no coordination with PRCS. Uh, This incident is currently under review. Um, once we have something to say as some uh, outcome from the internal inquiry, we'll make a statement. But I know for a fact that there was no coordination for an ambulance to okay. uh, to go to that site. So it was okay to bomb it? No, but I don't. They said that they, they made a coordination to try and excuse. I don't know the circumstances. There was no coordination for an ambulance. Can so I, I ask don't know you then about what is likely to happen in Rafa? Because we're being told that there will be a. Uh, a ground operation in Rafah. The US President Joe Biden has told Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that uh, that shouldn't proceed unless there's a credible plan for ensuring the safety of the population first. There's no credible way of ensuring the safety of that population, is there? I think we'd, throughout this, the course of this war, uh, where we have shifted people um, temporarily from one place to another, we've proven time and time again that there is the ability to move. Um, We've been instructed by the government to devise a plan that will deliver both on the operational uh, goals of this war to dismantle and destroy Hamas and create the conditions to bring home hostages, but also, on the other hand, evacuate civilians if need be in the circumstances of a ground force, a broad scale ground force operation in Rafah. We have not uh, yet presented that to the government. 
Um, and, and I think if we've learned anything from this war, uh, when we've called on evacuation, especially in the mass evacuation, for instance, from northern Gaza Strip, it wasn't from one minute to the next. It was a process. It was a plan. It was a plan of action devised to get people out of harm's way. We know how to do that. Well, out of harm's way to Rafa, which you bombed last night. Oh, out of harm's way generally. That doesn't mean that there cannot be strikes in the area of Rafa. Out of harm's way was to the Mawasi area. Out of harm's way to get out of the north where we conducted our ground operations extensively. Uh, of course, if the government instructs us to mobilise, then we will have a plan in place to evacuate people. So is an offensive imminent? I think you know, the, I understand the need for immediate uh, uh, response. I think we need to you know, look very, very cautiously at the, the, at the word imminent. Uh, we need to bring home the hostages. We need to dismantle and destroy Hamas. This war is a long war. We realize that Hamas have been preparing for it for 16 years now. So there is no quick fix. And therefore, we are not in a rush. So it sounds to me, Peter, as if you'd be reluctant to enter on ground forces uh, in terms of a military operation into an area as crowded as Rafa. We've not been reluctant to operate in the Gaza Strip up to now. Um, the military goal, the achievement, uh, the need to change the paradigm and make sure Hamas can never use the, the Gaza Strip as a staging ground for the brutality of the October 7th attack ever again and to bring home the hostages are our military goals. If the government ins instructs us to move forward, we will do. No matter what, you no, know, if, the, if, if you get an instruction from the government to move forward and you know the area is full of people who have nowhere to go, you'll move forward. No, but that's what I've, what I've said and what, what I implied is that if we are required to move forward, it will be in conjunction with everything we've done up to now to mm. evacuate people from places and, and to, where? to create to create safer zone. If we're moving into the south, then people can move can move north, just for example, is hypothesizing. I don't want to um, do that too much because of the, the facts. We need mm. to create and devise the plan of action, create that reality so that if we are instructed to mobilize, the civilians will be able to move elsewhere. And, and north where there is nothing, where, which has been completely destroyed. But, you know, this people kept telling us that it was impossible for people to go south. And people went south. So instead of uh, saying how not to do this, how not to get rid of Hamas, how to, we have to create a new reality on the ground. And of course, we have to do it in a way that uh, gets the civilians out of, out of harm's way, uh, move them from the, the combat zone where Hamas is hiding. I mean, we've revealed time and time again that Hamas will conduct their activities from within the residential areas, mm. hide hostages in homes, uh, in the tunnels beneath uh, uh, schools, mosques, um, their data center, which was being held and, and intentionally positioned mm. beneath UNRWA's headquarters. So the reality is this is this is the reality that needs to change, yeah. a paradigm change that needs to benefit everybody in the region. Uh, Hamas UK, have to go. UK Foreign Secretary Lord David Cameron has said today that Israel should stop and think before taking any further action in Rafa. There is also very strong comments from Joseph Burrell uh, in the EU. Uh, President Joe Biden saying, you know, this is too much. The tide is turning internationally, isn't it? Um, I, I would actually say that we are all in agreement that Hamas have to go. Um, and we are very attentive to our allies, the UK, the US, Absolutely. Um, and we hold their, their opinion and their concerns in very high regard. Uh, but there is no reality where Israel just wait, raises a white flag 
and hope Hamas disappears. Mm. That can won't just, happen. And then, we, and then we need to be concerned of what they will do if they're given the opportunity again to commit the October 7th massacre, because we know what they will do again and again and again. They've said so. So we need to change the reality. I just want to ask you finally on, on that point, Peter Lerner, you're an experienced military man. And, and on the January 7th, the IDF announced you complete, completed the dismantling of Hamas in northern Gaza. Now, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen reports actually that Hamas has re-emerged in the north. And there are estimates that there are still several thousand Hamas militants in the north. Does this not go to prove Hamas is an ideology? It's not just a couple of people or t- tens of thousands of people, whatever it might be, in a military organisation. It's an ideology. It's a movement. It cannot be destroyed through military action. Um, I think we need to ver- be very, very accurate in when, what we described at the beginning of January. It was that we had dismantled their battalions as operational organised forces. Of course, they are evolving as individual terrorists into guerrilla warfare. And this is why we understand this is going to be an extended war. It's not going to be something that is over. And I would add, we are not aiming to eradicate the ideology of Hamas. We are operating in order to negate the terrorist capability because they can't be trusted. We've seen what they did with the power of government. Mm -hmm. We've seen how they used the power of government to build a terrorist army, to equip themselves with rockets, to build explosive drones, to fortify a tunnel system, Uh, the most expensive, expansive construction project ever to exist in the Gaza Strip, not for the benefit of the people of Gaza, Mm -hmm. only for themselves, for the terrorist activities and what they are trying to achieve, death and destruction. They have to go as an organization, as a governing authority and as a terrorist entity. They can't be trusted. Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner, thank you very much for joining us. 